Good morning. Welcome to Cox Media Houston's Public Affairs Show, FYI. My name is Kevin Klein, filling in for Susie Hanks. With us today, we're going to be talking about Texas Children's Hospital. John Nickens, Executive Vice President at Texas Children's, is our guest, as is a friend of mine for a long, long time, Jennifer Smart, Manager Development, the Children's Miracle Network program that yes. you and I have been so uh, yes. instrumental in with the Radiothon. Welcome to the show. How Thank are you? Thank you. Thanks. I'm good. Thanks for having us here, Kevin. We're going to be working again uh, December 1st and 2nd with uh, Radiothon again. Yes, yes. And so you and I have known each other for 12 years. John, you've been over at Texas Children's for a dozen years. Why are we now just meeting? Oh, I don't know. We need to, I think we're kindred spirits from our earlier talk. We, this is exciting. Yeah, you know, thank you so much for doing the research on uh, a cause that's near and dear to my heart, Snowdrop Foundation. And we, we might get into that, we might not, but it was all born, Snowdrop Foundation, from our very first radiothon uh, that benefited Texas Children's Cancer Center. So It seems like an incredible program. And you know, it's just a, a privilege to be at an organization that you felt inspired to go forth and create this snowdrop. And the symbolism that's with it is phenomenal. Oh, just, yeah. Uh, I, I think a lot of uh, kudos to you. That's really strong work. Well, I think it's a testament to what has been built at Texas Children's Hospital, particularly the Texas Children's Cancer Center, which uh, Dr. David Poplack, who's in charge over there, is what a just superstar. He is amazing. He is amazing. Not, not only Force as of nature. Well, he wrote the book. He, he seriously, literally, he literally, literally wrote the book. Right. Uh, the uh, what the what the kids and the the doctors study now in school was written by Dr. Poplack. But I mean, he is really at the forefront of not only treating the patient but the families and not just the illness, but the entire psyche of, of the kids too. And it's really true. He's such a big vision thinker and his entire program has been built around the idea that cancer can be so devastating, but think 20 years ago, 80% of kids that were diagnosed with cancer died. Yeah. 20 years later, 80% live. And Dr. Poplock has this vision to prepare the family for what's afterward during the process uh, just a phenomenal thinker for family spirit. Now, listen, we're not saying that cancer is easy to fight. It's it's not a serious issue. But when a doctor at Texas Children's can give a family a diagnosis of ALL, acute lymphoblastic leukemia, and say, if you have to have a cancer, right. that's one we can fix. That's one we can cure. We've come a long way yeah. since 40 it's years ago. It's not always been true. No, not at yeah. all. I remember you know, reading the statistics when I was five years old, 10% survival rate. Mm. And now I, I honestly think within our lifetime, Jennifer and John, I think we'll see an eradication of certain children's cancers. Wow, oh, that's so. exciting. Unbelievable, really. And it's amazing because only 4% of, uh, 4 cents on every dollar goes to pediatric cancer research. Yeah, that's, that's an a, area not of focus a lot. for us, right? And you're de we're definitely seeing the return on that investment, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure we are. You know, you have uh, you have researchers down there like the guy that we uh, support, Dr. Nino Renuso. Right. And I asked him once. I said, "Hey, the the hundred to hundred and twenty thousand dollars that Snowdrop gives you every December, what's that allow you to do?" And he says, "You know what it allows me to do? It allows me more time in the lab. I don't have to go and write for grant money." He says it literally gives me more time to do what I'm here to do, and that is try and find a cure. And actually, that's the only way we can find cures is that dedicated, brilliant mind focused on just iterative strategies. Let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. Just the exploration. Uh, and we're fortunate. We're blessed at Texas Children's to have leaders like Dr. Poplock, Baylor College of Medicine as our academic partner, and to be such a... 
blessed and I think a privilege to be in the Houston community as an independent freestanding children's hospital, the largest in the world now. Yes, largest in the world. We're going to get to rankings here in just a little bit, but you brought up BCM, Baylor College of Medicine. Explain the affiliation with Baylor College of Medicine and Texas Children's Hospital. It's as tight as you could be. Uh, Texas Children's and Baylor College of Medicine have been together since the beginning. Think of Baylor College of Medicine as the academic partner. That's the medical school. That's where the training happens for next generation of physicians. And the hospital is where that happens. Um, Putting those two together is just a real powerhouse. My own personal career has allowed me to work 10 years at Baylor College of Medicine and 12 at Texas Children's. So I've always been in the Texas Medical Center to watch this evolution of healthcare. And as Houstonians and Texans, sometimes we might take it a little for granted, the blessing we have of the Texas Medical Center and the kind of minds and opportunity that we have just down the street for things like Texas Children's or even an MD Anderson Methodist, Memorial Hermann, et cetera. I was talking to somebody over the weekend and they were talking about how a family member had been affected by cancer. I think there's literally maybe one or two degree most separation between either somebody who's had cancer or knowing somebody who's had cancer. And they said they wished that they lived in Houston at that time because we are so world renowned in our medical facility. It's just, it's a true testament to not only what we have built here, but also because of the generosity of the Houston community. That is so true. We're blessed with the Houston community and Texans. Texans think big. Mm -hmm. They expect big, and you see that in the medical center. Imagine, to the point you had of friends and one-degree separation, imagine you have some of the best geneticists in the world, the entire genome and DNA breakdown right here, and they can walk across the street, not pick up the phone, not fly to another city, But we have basic scientists that every day are studying these diseases. And then we have the best clinicians that are deploying those therapies in everyday world. So you can move what we would call from bench to bedside in transformational research faster than anywhere else in the country. And uh, I think it's a real privilege. You know, and not not only that, but even in the speed of diagnosis, especially when you're talking about a cancer diagnosis, you know, if you wait two or three days, it it could be the difference of a stage one, stage two, stage three, maybe even stage four. You get those results immediately because we have our own inside lab. Boy, that's the truth. Time matters. Every second matters. Yeah. And especially, you know, when we talk about what this means to children and their um, indestructible hope. Right. But our ability to respond to that and be good stewards of that time and make sure that we are as efficient and effective and as fast as possible. You know, I didn't think I would ask this question today, but I'm going to because you just brought up the word hope. And I was listening to uh, one of my favorite musicians. He's got a book out now, and I went to his book reading, and somebody asked him the question, what is hope to you? And he had a three-word answer. What is hope to you, John? Hmm. Wow. Um. Hope is the belief in things unseen. It is a relentless commitment to what is possible. And I think with um, many times when you just walk around the hospital to see the energy, enthusiasm of the kids, like we have a, a, a playroom and video games and you can go up there and interact with them. And the idea that they just expect great things to happen mm-hmm. and their ability to adjust to normalcy of life when they're dealing with some of the most dramatic illness, just the way they feel physically, but emotionally, mentally tough. They've converted hope. I think in my own personal life, they've converted it to this, this relentless commitment to what's possible. 
Jennifer? I'd love to hear the three words. I'm going to. I'm going to give that to you. But Jennifer, what do you? Of course you would. I'm so glad you asked John first. Like, okay, think of <laughs> it gives you a chance to think about it, right? But yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. But um, I guess hope is, you know, I, on a daily basis we see the families, we see um, kids that have been waiting for heart transplants for a long time, uh, um, kids in the NICU for a long, long time. But hope that as it, medicine advances, that things that that won't have to be like that that the kids will get cured faster and and cured and and not pass away and i love that we're actually talking about cure his three words faith and action mm. that's what hope Perfect. is faith and action faith and action yeah, i mean that boiled it down to me in in very very simple and stark terms and because uh, you always hear the word hope yeah. It, it, when it's uh, in, involved in a medical facility, especially a quality one like Texas Children's Hospital, which incidentally is ranked number four in this Woo, in yes. the country, <laughs> best in the state of Texas, we're yes. consistently in the top five. Okay. Yes. What What are the rankings based on? This is U.S. News and World Report. Now, what are the rankings based on for a hospital to be ranked? Well, you could imagine it's a very competitive and in the academic field, very formulaic. There is a deep algorithm for how it's calculated, but the baseline is just on quality outcomes, and there's 10 specific specialties that are expected to be at every major children's hospital, and then those are ranked, and depending on how you do in those 10, then it gives you the overall ranking. So currently, Boston Children's is number one, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia is number two, Cincinnati number three. And we've now been at number four for seven years, mm-hmm. and we're ready for the next step. What's, what's it going to take to get us to the next step? I think we're going to be there. You're going to see it. It's, it's kind of the classic, um, we've put in the work, we've, put, we've planted the seeds, we've worked hard. Uh, if you look at the talent of Texas Children's, it's really about the physician leaders. It's about the talent that we can bring into the Houston community, and that's where it's just incredible to be able to reach out to the Houston community and have them help us recruit the best and brightest across the country. And we're thrilled to be able to report we've recruited some out, some uh, key leaders out of Philadelphia, out of Boston, out of Cincinnati, and then we've grown our own here through Baylor College of Medicine. So we feel confident that we don't run an organization based on ratings. We feel like that these rankings will be reflected by the great work that we do. So if we get up every day and we make a promise to be outstanding in how we deliver care, from the administrative side to the physician to the nurse at the bedside. And we are focused on medicine with outcomes. The rankings will follow and oh. we'll be there. And we feel confident in the next few years that will be reflected. And that's you know, what. Go sorry, ahead, Jennifer. I'm, I'm so sorry. One of the things, too, I f- find interesting is that the top three hospitals, if you look, they've been around for over 100 years. Mm-hmm. Texas Children's has only been around for 62 years. Mm-hmm. And already we're at the fourth, ranked fourth, whereas our you know, peer hospitals are have been around longer. And if you look at the campuses when, when they started, uh, they had much larger campuses. Texas Children's it was only the Abercrombie building, which was a few floors at the time. So we've really moved up quickly. Well, yeah, let's talk about that and the growth of Texas Children's Hospital. Now you have satellite uh, hospitals in Katy. You have uh, the Woodlands also. And uh, you're, you're getting ready to do a 19th floor, a 19th floor uh, in, the, uh, in the med center. Let's talk about that, the Promise Campaign. Well, the Promise campaign evolved really from our CEO, Mark Wallace, and his expectation that what is our daily promise? What, as a part of our mission, who we are. In 1954, when we started, Mr. Abercrombie and Mr. Meyer gave a donation, and they said the contingency here is 
You have to serve all children regardless of their ability to pay. You can imagine over the last 60 years the challenge that that can be with the change in economics, the change in the industry of healthcare, the growth and change in Houston. But that's still our promise every single day is to make sure that we are growing access. If I take a moment and as a proud administrator of Texas Children's Hospital, we do now have our medical center campus, an academic quaternary super subspecialty teaching hospital. We have our Katy campus, full-service children's independent hospital. We have our pavilion for women, 6,000 deliveries a year, set up specifically to be that safety net for mom and baby. We have 300 physicians in over 70 locations for primary care, five health centers where you can get diagnostic imaging or x-rays or lab work. Then we have our Texas Children's Health Plan, 400,000 children in Houston are covered under our health plan for Medicaid managed care. So what we've tried to do is position ourselves to say, look, we are privileged to be in Houston and we're proud of our responsibility and we are trying to practice the right medicine in the right place at the right time and bring it to you, which is now our Woodlands campus is going to be phenomenal. And we've run into a challenge in the medical center is that the level of the most high acute patients the most medically complex. You know, it's an exciting time. Kids are outliving their life expectancy. Mm -hmm. And Houston has grown incredible over the last five to seven years. We found ourselves short. The idea that we had to deny 385 patients two years ago who needed to come to Texas Children's. I mean, imagine if you're a family in West Texas and you take your baby into the emergency room and they say, oh, my gosh, we... We're not really sure we can handle this, but we're going to call Texas Children's because we know they handle this all the time. And we have to say, I'm sorry, we're full. We're at capacity. Well, that physician, that family, oh, my gosh, we are not delivering on our promise in that case. So that beget the 19-floor expansion in the medical center called our Tower E, and it will have seven uh, new ORs that are just really cutting edge where we have diagnostic imaging within the OR suite. We'll add about 40 ICU beds. We'll have a helipad on top of it. Uh, it's going to be a phenomenal. It will really drive the next generation of what healthcare looks like. It's going to be a sea change in how pediatric healthcare is delivered in the United States. It is FYI. That is the voice of John Nickens, Executive Vice President at Texas Children's. Jennifer Smart in studio with us. She's the Manager of Development with Texas Children's. You know, we talked about the satellite uh, campuses. We talked about uh, Katy out to the west. We talked about the Woodlands, which is expanding. Getting back to what we talked about earlier in time being of the essence, traffic in Houston is horrible. (laughs) So when you open up those new campuses, not only do you give a convenience to the families who are having uh, their kids go to, go through treatment, but also that's critical in so far as time. What is the percentage of families that were treated at the med center that are now getting relief being uh, able to go to those campuses off, off-site? So here's a statistic I heard yesterday that I had to actually go look up because I couldn't quite believe. We have a transport group called the Kangaroo Crew. Yes. You may see the ambulances. We, always ha- we have a fixed-wing uh, airplane and helicopter as well. And that, those transport, it's the largest transport service for children, pediatrics nationally. And yesterday, I heard 50% of the transports are now going to our West Campus Katy facility, which means 
the care in your local area. And I think when you add woodlands, it's going to be greater than that. When you think before, let's say you save 30 minutes because you don't have to work your way into the medical center. Mm -hmm. You can get that care in a full freestanding emergency center right there at West. The impact to families has been thousands. Um, We're really proud to move forward to Katie, but we underestimated the demand Within the first two years, we were almost at capacity. Sure. It's been uh, about 15,000 new families that have had a hospital available to them that before we weren't reaching. Well, you think about the fastest growing areas in, in Houston, and you definitely That's talk right. about Katy and Sugarland, Brookshire, Fulshire. And all, the Woodlands. Right. Well, Kingwood. and then you, you even talk about North. You got uh, Conroe, right. Woodlands, right. Kingwood. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- things are seem to be growing out further and further. And so those campuses are incredibly useful and incredibly helpful and already at capacity, like John just said. And that's why the Promise campaign that we're going to be supporting through Radiothon, it's so important for you to be a part of Radiothon with us this year. So some of the money is going to go for that, for the right. expansion process, uh, prog- uh, programs, and make it more convenient and easier for the outlying area families and children to get their critical care in their care immediately but also it's going to go to help that 19 floor uh building that we're going to be doing too as well as the research where are the critical areas of research that are i guess every area needs help right but which ones are doing newer stuff that really need the funding well you know that's um when i start picking a service i'm going to have other services irritated with me. <laughs> of course <laughs> But if you look nationally where we're having some of our struggles, one of them that's kind of uh, uh, it snuck up on us is this idea of transition medicine, how the most medically complex that are outliving their life expectancy, how we prepare them for adulthood. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't have cystic fibrosis 40-year-olds before, and now we do. So we need to be really powerful and purposeful from 13 to 20 getting you ready to move outside of the pediatric health environment into the adult that would be one another is cardiovascular just congenital heart Um, that's one that we can actually we can we can heal what we couldn't much like cancer 20 Mm -hmm. years ago with phenomenal surgeons like our doctor our dr charles frazier world renowned the talent and the ability that he has gifted hands but he now leads gifted surgeons. And we have surgeons that are gifted in each one of those specialties, urology, ophthalmology, otolaryngology, et cetera. So that would be one. Neurology and the neurosciences, fascinating. Because when you come into Texas Children's, um, we get excited about the ability to heal. So with cancer or heart, we fix something. But in the neurosciences and the neurology, we talk about, well, just quality of life. You know, we'll just help you have a better quality of life. But let's don't do that. Instead, let's figure out how to cure it. Let's figure out how to make changes. So we have our Neurological Research Institute, Jan and Dan Duncan Neurological Research Institute, that Mm -hmm. is phenomenal at bringing basic scientists together for neurology and the neurosciences. Of course, you mentioned cancer. Um, And then I think you start getting into some of those areas that may not be on um, on the tip of the tongue for the public but have such a dramatic impact like renal dialysis and transplants so a kidney transplant lung transplant you know we we did more transplants than any other facility in the united states this year with guys like john goss Uh who's the number one transplant surgeon in the world wow you know those are things you walk around and you forget sometimes that 
you're among superstars. The well, Tom Brady's yeah. are, are there. You well, know? And one of the reasons why you forget that and you kind of take it for granted is because every doctor I've ever met up there is very humble. <laughs> they Seriously, I, to this very day, Dr. Olatoya, who oh, operated wow. on Chelsea for 27 straight hours, uh, still takes absolutely zero credit for that operation he says he's just using his hands to do the work of god and yes. rarely do you hear that from a doctor and a surgeon yeah, right. and then dr jeff dreyer who's uh, you know yeah. he doesn't take credit for it zoan doesn't uh, take credit for it. They, they and dr Poplack says it for sure he says we draw our strength and inspiration from the children that right. were te- that were that were treating and it, it's very very true that you will see bonds that you've never seen before uh, the strength of a bond, anyway, created between doctor and patient like I've never seen at Texas Children's. Yeah, it's incredible. Our physician in chief, Dr. Klein, really talks about it as this approachable brilliance. We want brilliant people that are nice. Yeah. That we're treating children and we're drawing that energy. And it's almost as though it's an exclusive privilege, it's sacred. That family and that child is trusting you, Dr. Poplock. You, Dr. Olatoya, Dr. Klein, Dr. Frazier, Dr. Goss, etc. They're looking to you for solutions. Mm-hmm. And they're hanging on every word. And wow, what a responsibility. Oh, huge responsibility. I, so few are cut out for it. That's right. So to be able to attract the best, find the best, speaks volumes about what BCM, Baylor College of Medicine, and Texas Children's is doing. John, you and I were talking about a, a palliative care yes. situation that you in the hallway there. Explain what what we were discussing and, and the new person that we have coming in. Dr. Tammy Kang, we recruited her from Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And um, when you think of palliative care, many times you think of end of life. And the Cancer Center has been phenomenal at putting together a program that's not just end of life, not hospice, but how do you live and survive? What does survivorship look like after you've gone through this incredible crisis in your personal life well dr tammy kang is here now on site and we're going to expand that sort of thinking throughout the entire hospital so we were talking about a neonatology baby and you know that one just has so many emotions to it because Mm -hmm. you have a a couple that comes together and says oh my gosh we're pregnant they call everyone they're excited the enthusiasm and then they have the doctor's appointment that says wait something might be wrong and it's just utter fear and then your baby's born and needs to go to Neo. They they swoosh the baby off, and there's medical care, and you're a little overwhelmed, and you're just emotionally distraught. And then what happens? You know, whether the baby moves forward and we're, we're able to cure and he- health and heal, um, but how we approach those, the patient-centric, what we started off our discussion today about Dr. Poplock and his idea of family-centric care, mm-hmm. that palliative program is now going to apply that to every area. Renal dialysis, who imagine they have to come three times a week to get dialysis. How could you maintain a schedule in your life or a job right. when you've got to bring your child until they get a transplant? And then the transplant, you're just kicking off the next chapter of struggles. So for us, palliative, we are really fired up about this. It's not something that you'll see just on the surface when you visit the hospital, but when you need us and you need that program, it is going to be spectacular. It's something that's a differentiator that's not going to exist 
across the country. Well, and you talk about Dr. Tammy, who's uh, who's heading up this program. She came from Philadelphia Children's, and right. as we started out with the conversation earlier, they're one of the top two right. institutions for children's care in America, and we're attracting her away from there. Yeah, I got I got to believe that it's an easy sell to ask a quality doctor to come to Texas Children's because of the quality of the of the of the atmosphere there, but also because there is some serious growth potential. Yes. And I'll tell you, our secret weapon is the city of Houston, Yeah, the diversity of Houston. People have a perspective. If they've never been here, Texas, Houston, you ride your horse in, you have an oil well, you know, ultra conservative. And when you take someone who's trained at Harvard or Yale and, and has always been up in the Northeast and has an academic pedigree and you say, come to Houston, they hesitate. As soon as we get them here, we say, you just have to come visit. As soon as we get them here and they get to go through the community and see the diversity and see a Rice University and see the Texas Medical Center, and my gosh, it's beautiful. You can get anything you want. You can go hunting if you want to go south. You can go to the fine arts. We've got every we got pro beach. sports. we got the right. beach. I mean, you've got everything you want. And I think that was one thing with Dr. Kang. She was just overwhelmed with what a cool place. She said, this is like a secret in the Northeast. We've got to somehow educate them. And no snow. And no snow. Right. I mean, Yay. you know, hey, you talk about Philadelphia, <laughs> you got ice and snow, and right. yeah, we don't have that stuff here no. very often, if we ever have it. We have good air conditioning. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Great air conditioning. Uh, the Radiothon is back at Texas Children's Hospital this year. Not so much in the Cancer Center, but Jennifer, we have moved our location so that the public can actually come down and be a part of this and see what's going on. Where are we going to be? Right. So we'll be on the third floor of the Pavilion for Women, which is um, kind of one of our main areas. There's a bridge right there that connects the West Tower and the, and the Clinical Care Center. So it's a hub of activity, and you're going to be uh, in the area right outside our cafeteria there. Well, we're looking forward to it because uh, it's an opportunity for us to get back down. And the, the last couple of years, we actually moved it off site. Right. And while that was all fine and well, you kind of lose sight of what you're trying to do and who you're trying to help. And I think it's really going to be impactful and powerful for us to be able to tell the stories again while we're down there. So yeah, we're, definitely. And the staff misses you. Well, and we miss the staff, too. So you guys always treat us so well. You always treat us so well. As we should. Well, and the patients are excited to have you back, to be able to swing by and see you. I mean, you guys are legendary. Your radio personalities, and they get to see who you are. They're thrilled. Yeah, but until Santa Claus shows up, and then, you know, we're just, we're, right. we're, we're like mom and dad then when Santa Claus shows up. Uh, again, it is FYI. We are talking about the great work that's being done at Texas Children's Hospital, and we're also talking with uh, Executive Vice President of Texas Children's, John Nickers, and Jennifer Smart, who is our dear friend from Radiothon. Radiothon coming up on December 1st and 2nd, right here on all these Cox Media Group stations. Is it going to be kind of the same format, Jennifer, where we're going to be giving out the same phone number that everybody's heard for the last dozen, 13 years or so? <laughs> yes, you will. And then uh, somebody was in the station, I was up here earlier this week, and somebody was saying, I don't know the number now, but as soon as we sit down at those tables, it just comes to us. So, so yeah, same, and it will just come to me in that point, too. It certainly will, yeah. And, and you know, uh, John, we were talking earlier about um, the palliative care and the long-term survivors. Uh, three of our Texas children's patients that we gave college scholarships to that were cancer patients are now working at Texas Children's. Oh, wow. One of them, one of them is a delivery nurse at the Women's Center. 
Okay. Right. And then one of them just started uh, as a, uh, what is she doing? She's a biologist now for cancer wow. research. And then there's another one who is a social worker uh, at, uh, at Texas Children's. So wow. you talk about the quality of life. In the majority of the cases that I know anyway, 95% of the time when these kids get healthy, they want to give back. Oh, yeah. Talk and about pay it forward. Pay it your forward. Investment, now we're reaping right. the reward. I mean, can you imagine if your caregiver, if you're in the hospital and your caregiver was a patient? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, Dr. Renuso, who we, right. we, we fund his research, uh, he's a, a, a pediatric cancer survivor. And it's so genuinely heartwarming and comforting to know that your doctor comes in and says, hey, you know what? You've, you've got this, but I went through it and I know how it's going to happen. Right. And this is what, right. I mean, that's just, it's, it's amazing. And it gives total peace of mind to the family in such a desperate time when they need that peace right. of mind. So Texas Children's Hospital, number four in the country, number one in Texas, but number four, we're not used to being number four mm-hmm. here in Texas. No. So let's move that ranking up <laughs> and you can help us do that starting on December 1st when we do our Texas Children's Hospital Radiothon on all of these Cox Media Group stations. Jennifer, we're looking forward to hanging out with you again for another yes, couple of I'm days. Yes, I'm looking forward to it too. Thank you. And Sarah. John, you and I need to get together some more and, and, and chat about all the great stuff that's Absolutely. going on at Texas. Texas Children's causes near and dear to our heart there. So thank you for everything that you you. do. And and thanks for joining us on FYI. Uh, You can get a hold of us at the new 93Q.com at the uh, Houston's Eagle.com, or you can simply go to all of our Texas uh, radio stations here and, uh, and check us out. My name is Kevin Klein. I have filled in for the vacationing Susie Hanks. And again, you have been listening to the information that we're giving you about Texas Children's Hospital with executive vice president, John Nickens and Jennifer Smart, manager of of development. Again, this is Kevin Klein and you are listening to FYI on these Cox Media Group stations.